fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live, it's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Reese. And I'm Carly. And this is To Ellen Back. Welcome back to our Autostraddle podcast, where we recap one episode of The L Word in a podcast every single week. Every single week. One episode per week. Yeah. Yes. And today we are recapping episode 303. Yes. Lobsters. Lobsters. Hi, Reese. Hi, Carly. Um, Missed you. I'm back. Hi, everyone. I hope you didn't miss me too much. Um, quick shout out to Drew Gregory for filling in and being amazing. Love you, Drew. And to Yvonne and Gloria, who are fucking hilarious. Yvonne and Gloria are amazing and were so funny. And I loved their insights and hearing them talk about everything in the last episode with the Quinceañera storyline. That was so wonderful. Thank you, both of you, for doing that. It was so, so lovely. So lovely. And look out for more things like that in the future from us. I think yeah. that's going to be a really fun uh, addition to... How we operate. Yeah. I'm just taking it next level. Next level. Yeah. Um, the power is out today. Yes. So, so we are doing a special candlelight episode to Ellen back in my uh, home that has no power. Just like our foremothers did <laughs> in their podcasting yes. back in the 1800s. The Elder Landykes. It does feel very Mad Max. There's like dogs barking. <laughs> there's like construction noises. Men yelling at each other. Yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. definitely the end times. Um, the big sense that I have no idea when it's going to come back yeah. because SCCE has no updates. That's not good. It's like the register complaint with Southern consider California it, Edison. Consider you it registered. Should provide at least a lie as to when the just, power is going back on. That would be nice. Yeah, just a range. You know, yeah. today. Tomorrow? Tomorrow, you know. A week from now? Yeah, like, let me know so I can plan ahead. Yeah, Reese wants to shower. I get it. Yeah, I want to shower. Like, I can't just... Reese's laptop has died. My laptop is dead. Completely dead. It was dead when I woke up, you know, which basically means I'm dead. Mm -hmm. Because I am basically my laptop, if we're being honest about it. Oh, man. But I did watch this episode this morning on my telephone. Well, Well, great. Yeah. Just as... Showtime intended. Just as Showtime hoped I would when they like. I hope she this. watches this on the tiniest screen available. Yeah, and she did. And I did. All right, so we're on episode three hundred three, mm-hmm. Lobsters. Original air date January twenty second, two thousand six. This episode was written by the one and only Eileen Chaikin mm-hmm. and was directed by Bronwyn Hughes, a prolific uh, episodic television director. Oh, and I thought uh, she did a, a oh, she, she did a very good job with this episode. I thought it was very well directed. Yeah, there's some stuff in it that I quite liked in the dinner scene, which I will get to later. Yeah, um, I'm agreeing just because I trust your opinion. Really. <laughs> Don't just blindly <laughs> trust my opinion. I'm gonna come in here with some ridiculous claims if that's wow. where we're going. Shall we begin? Yeah, let's begin. I like forgot how to do this. I took a week <laughs> off, and now I forget what I'm doing. Let's begin. So we open in 1984. In Sublimity, Oregon. Right. Every, I feel like whenever, <laughs> Oregon's, whenever Oregon's in a TV show, it's always the weirdest city names. You know what I yeah. mean? It's I'm like, like just boring. do Portland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just do Portland. Um, they, but they would probably get Portland wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
and we are on, um, you know, a nun bus. Nun bus, bus of nuns. A bus nuns of on nuns. A bus. Yeah, that's what you call a plural of nuns is a bus of nuns. Yeah, look at that bus of nuns over there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that they're on a bus. It's just a group of nuns. Yeah, it's just a group of nuns. But the, this is a bus of nuns on a bus. Actually on a bus. And one of them is apparently the Be Good Tanya's. Because the song, the song that she's playing, you know, that nuns in the front yes. line playing the song, it's like a Be Good Tanya's song. Oh, I didn't catch that. Um, In my time of dying. Interesting. So, but they just basically have her lip syncing it. Huh. Which is... Which is, okay. I mean, they, I I love them and I love the song. I mean, that's and a I thought it was great atmospheric sex yeah. music. You know, it's like if I'm going to finger someone on a bus, I want to be listening to that kind of music. Do you think that actually happened, or that was a fantasy moment for the nuns that were the gay nuns? <laughs> oh no, I think it actually happened because they were very overt. There was yeah. nothing sneaky about what was happening, and well, I can't start. imagine that was it. <laughs> they were making sounds. I just think that the other nuns would have caught on pretty quickly. Right, but, but maybe the sure. other nuns were. Also gay. Oh my god, they're all gay. Yeah. So there. So basically, there's nuns on a bus, and there's two nuns sitting next to each other. One's like eyeing the other one, and then she slips down the cover of the book that she's reading to see that what she's really reading is this book I have right here. Oh my god, lesbian nuns breaking silence. Oh my god, Reese has the book. I have it. It's an anthology of stories by you know Jean Cordova, who like. Donating money to yes. she she has a story in that book. Oh my god! It's like a collection incredible. of true stories from lesbian nuns because oh my god, you know back in the day, I mean there's plenty of lesbian nuns nowadays too. Sure, but back in the day before it was okay to be a lesbian nun, the nun profession was a big, really attracted a lot, a lot of lesbians. Can I quickly read an excerpt from the back cover? Blurb? You absolutely should and can. Unprecedented, myth-shattering, explosive in its unveiling of religious life and society, this book will create a firestorm. It is certain to be among the most controversial books of this or any other year. Woo! So what date was this published? The 80s, maybe? 85. 85. Wait, this book was published in 85? (laughs) Wait a minute! Wait a minute! (laughs) Whoa, uh... Hang wow, on guys! A damn second. Script note. Um, <gasps> maybe she had a press galley. Maybe she's a. It maybe. had a full cover. <laughs> wow! 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 I want answers. <laughs> what kind of nun matrix are we working in here? Wow! But also, just I the the cover. Everything about this. Everything about this book, including that there's pictures in it, um, is is great. It's from it's from Nyad Press, which is like a big lesbian publishing company that you know. Love it. Love it. Love different. everything about it. Nuns. Different. Fascinating. Their lives intrigue us all. Oh, yes. Wow. Well, anyway, so this book is a true story, filled with true stories. And one of them happened on this bus before the book even came out. <laughs> and it was uh, one of the nuns fingers the other nuns. And then they're going through a tunnel. It felt very, that scene in um, Willy Wonka, Charlie uh, mm. and Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Um, it felt very... Uh, when the thing is going through the tunnel and the lights, yeah. it felt very similar to that, but um, gayer. Yeah. I was like, is this like she's going inside her like her tunnel? Oh. You know what I mean? Oh, metaphor. Yeah. Love it. I was like tunnel symbolism. That was my thought. Yeah, true. Anyway, so Tony. So then the chart goes, Tony links to Agatha, which is like a total nun, nun name. name. Yeah. <laughs> You're either a nun or a detective. Exactly. And uh, that's that. So now we know that the woman who was the like, the person who had sex at an alley with Terry in our last thing is is a and nun, went on and that's why she had that cross to become on. a nun, or she was a nun. Yes, mm-hmm. fun intro. The the chart continues. It sure does. I'm glad we got some nuns in it. Yeah. Then we theme song. Everyone hates it. 
And then we go to uh, what will be revealed to be wax. Welcome to wax. (laughs) (laughs) That was a guitar solo. (laughs) Did you notice, first of all, that wax had as a like a prop, just like a car with graffiti on it? A car with graffiti. Yeah. Wax is basically a thing that Stefan from Saturday Night Live (laughs) would describe. He'd be like, be like, West Hollywood's hottest hottest club is wax it's got everything vest for gigs vest for gigs i could totally gig in this vest a skate park a mural of shame <laughs> oh did you also write down i could totally Short gig haircuts. in this vest i could totally gig in this vest i wrote that down obviously yeah, i know <laughs> obviously so this guy who has like bad lesbian hair from that same time period and is also wearing a bad his shirt. name is chase of course it is. Because of yeah. course it is. It's perfect. Everything he, about this is perfect. He kind of like walks around. And is like, yeah, this is like our place. He talks like Bill and Ted kind of. Yes, he yeah. totally does. He's like, this is like our, we do custom board designs. Like basically describing all the normal operations of a skateboard shop. But like as yeah. though it's like the state of the art. Like as though Max is describing a computer. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and Shane's like, this place is awesome. Such a great place. And, I love this place. And then but- Carmen, of course legendary line that we overlooked in the past but both noted this time i could totally gig in this vest it's a vest that doesn't have a back yeah the back has been removed and it's like lace it's like laced up it's also ugly and i don't think she should gig in it but she's gonna gig in it do you think that gig is a verb i think it is to carmen and maybe some other people but not not to me i've always thought of it as a noun i think of it more of as an as a noun as well but now that i know it can be a verb I'm going to use it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like right now we're gigging. We're totally gigging in this kitchen table and yeah. there's no power, but we're gigging without power. So <laughs> it's a skate shop slash skate park slash clothing store slash soon to be home of maybe. Shane for wax. So what basically she wants her to be the only hairstylist yeah. at wax. So uh-huh. there is a line out the door. Out the door. Sounds terrible. And there's just like a chair and Shane's doing hair. Mm-hmm. And then they unveil Shane for Wax, yeah. this big billboard with like a, a picture, screen print a Shane. screen print of Shane on it, yeah. it's, which means you can make more of them. Yeah. <laughs> they and took the time to make a screen print of her face. Most importantly, Chase's boyfriend is going to build Shane a totally fat counter. That's P-H-A-T. P-H-A-T yeah. counter. P-H-A-T counter. What do you, I don't know what that will entail, but it sounds... It sounds fat. It does, it does, sound, it does sound fat. Uh, it's a fat gig? It's a fat gig. It's for fat gigging? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a fat... It's going to be a fat counter, so it's going to probably have, I don't know, uh, scissors, uh, maybe... Maybe a hair dryer? Maybe a hair dryer. Razor, clipper Maybe, thing. yeah, comb, a brush. I would say multiple combs, I'm going to guess. If it was my counter, I would hope it would also have like... A, a coaster smoothie. that you could put drinks on. Yeah, a like, coffee maker... Um, maybe I would I mean, like right now I would love a lamp. I would love a lamp also. I'd love to have power. I hope there's yeah. power because Shane's not going to be able to do hair without power. Right. That's true. You can cut the hair, but you need to see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a hair dryer. Mm-hmm. You probably need clippers sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you need power. Mm-hmm. The power of now. So this is Amazing. Shane's new. Um, this is where Shane's going to work now. Uh, we're going to be spending a lot of time. Get used to on this set. Get used to which all I also these. feel was a set for like Kids Incorporated, which was a great Disney Channel show oh, that aired in the early nineties. That show so much. They could totally do have a bunch of like white kids doing a hip hop song on this set. Absolutely, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, <laughs> she was famously discovered by being on that show, and her name oh, on the show was Love. She went oh, by yeah. her middle name Love, and also this gives us now Wax gives us brand new Canadian extras with. Mm-hmm unreal haircuts yeah just yeah. the best haircuts fat haircuts fat gig haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> fat fat i could totally, I could totally gig, gig in, in this haircut, haircut. yes 
<laughs> we are now at the point where we're just telling the same jokes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're doing great. So then we go, um, Helena is back with her tarot reader. For some reason. For some reason. At least this she tarot reading. She got such reading, good results the first time. I know. At least this tarot mm-hmm. reading was more, I felt more realistic to what a tarot yeah. reading is. She wasn't like, like you're going to meet like a blonde woman right. with blue eyes or a blue car or whatever. Mm-hmm. She was more like, what do you want to know more about? Draw three more cards. Mm-hmm. Like it felt a little more like a tarot reader. At one point, Helena says, she, well, Helena decides she wants like kind of guidance on career stuff. Mm-hmm. And at one point says, these film people, they're so bizarre. Yeah. Which is funny. She's like, they're either true. brown nosing me or, or talking to me like I'm a complete fucking idiot. Which I think if she's talking about men, that's probably normal. That's all industries. Yeah. And that's mostly all industries. But yeah, film industry, we, we have problems with that for sure. Yeah. And so the tarot reader says that Helena is going to like reconnect with an ex yes. in some in some way and that she should follow her instincts because someone from her past might be an asset in her business venture. And as we all know, there's literally only one person that could possibly be, which we'll confirm later in the episode. Oh, yeah. Unless Get ready. Kobe Smulders is coming back, which we all know she's not. But she should. But she should in her tank top. And a vest. She could totally gig in She could that totally vest gig also. in that vest. For her, gigging is making art. Yeah. Making mobiles that kill babies. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we go to Bettina's. Mm-hmm. Bet's trying to get Angelica to take a nap. The phone rings mm-hmm. and she is like, you are fucking kidding me. And at this point, <laughs> I, was, NEA grant? I was like, I thought Bet didn't have a job. Right. She. This is like her <laughs> volunteer job that she's So she doing. has a stipend via mm-hmm. this. Okay. I was like, did I miss something last week that I mi- like just missed? Well, she, there but- was a scene last week where she was at the art gallery with Julia like looking at the art, but they didn't really explain like what it was that she okay, was doing cool. there. So I guess she is helping yeah. something art related. Um, and the Bush administration yeah. is so stifling. Yeah, it's and, new McCarthyism. Yeah, new McCarthyism. I was like, bet you, girl, just like wait. Just wait. Just wait. You have no idea how bad it can get. Oh, my God. I guess she does because she did see how bad it got and she decided to run for mayor. You know what? Good for her. She says that uh, this administration is, is fucking, fucking criminal. criminal. It does seem like, I mean, obviously she's upset. This thing she cares about a lot, but it does seem also feel like this is some, like she has a lot. She has a lot of anger built up inside of her. And she's. Gonna, oh, yeah. Bet is very angry in this scene, mm-hmm. um, which is normal for Bet. Yeah. You know, she's always irritated about something. Uh, ranting mm-hmm. with a lot of SAT words. Yeah. And, and then, I love that about her. That's I love that about her, her charm. Too. And you know who doesn't love that about her? Tina. Tina. So tiny Tina's like, so if they lost the grant, are you going to lose your, your stipend? Because then Should we have we to fire, fire Angus. Angus? <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> but classic line, thank you for laying your petty bourgeois anxiety on top of my already profound anger over losing something that means so much to me. I'm so glad we're about to get brand new Bette Porter shit. <laughs> I just love Bette Porter so much. She's crazy. Yeah. It's so, I mean, no one talks like that. It's brilliant. Mm. I love it to death. Yes. Uh, Tina, I want to say, looks really nice. Uh-huh. She's wearing this very lovely white tuxedo shirt uh-huh. and her like hair's all done. We'll find out why in a minute, but until then, they get in a fight. Yeah, they get in a fight. Basically, Tina's really stressed about money. And um, Bet is not stressed out money and Tina wants to make her feel more stressed out about money so that they can both feel stressed out about money together. Yep. And um, my this first, when a- they were having this, I was like, Bet owns like so much expensive art. She should just sell one of them. And then that's exactly what she does. She calls like an auctioneer and is like, maybe I can sell one of my Maplethorpes. And then 
He's like, what about this? She's like, oh no, I can't sell. It's like a it's picture Kiki of a deer. Smith. It's and she doesn't want to sell it because it's yeah. like it's clearly that deer one is her favorite. Like, yeah, it's been featured so many times on the show. Yeah, she love she loves deers. I guess. Um, I can draw her a deer. That would be so cool if you could do that, and then your art would be on the show, which yeah. is beautiful. We also had people submit like Helena Peabody pictures. We could have put one of those. I'm sure. Hel- the- I'm sure Bet would love a beautiful piece of yeah, art, or with just Helena. like a poster from Blues Brothers or something. You know. She could get um that that famous lesbian dorm room photo. Yeah, the, the kiss. kiss. Yeah, with the two. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're not getting along right now. Um, they bet is like, look, I've been in a long. I'm I'm married. I'm in a very long term relationship, and this shit is real. Like, yeah. you know, money ebbs and flows, and mm-hmm. people that becomes a big issue in relationships, especially yeah. big long term ones. So um, this all felt very real. Yeah, we did a lesbian fighting survey on Autostraddle, like in I want to say 2015, probably, mm-hmm. and like obviously money was like the number one thing that oh, like yeah. long-term couples thought about you know it was really interesting what was funny is like there were a lot of things that stayed constant mm-hmm. you know but like if you looked at couples who'd only been together for like a year or less or six months or less compared to couples who'd been together for a long time the main thing that shifted was like money rises slowly to the mm-hmm. top and other people like like jealousy like other that fades fades yeah that's so real right yeah absolutely i mean it, it's like we're screwed right it's like it's yeah. like gay male couples have the earning potential <laughs> yeah. like through the roof mm-hmm. and then you have two women you're just statistically Fuck. impossible to yeah. do anything yeah. anyway Unless we're all shaken. making our making our way in the world yeah well not all of us get to marry rosie o'donnell <laughs> um and then we cut to the planet the planet where uh billy is kind of wants to like revamp the menu he would like lara to be uh bold with ginger he would also like some vegan options yeah because- also i just want to say because i was not here for last episode mm-hmm. i love alan coming mm-hmm. so much and i remember being so excited when he was added to the show me too i love him i love him love big fan big big fan huge fan anyway his suggestion to add vegan and vegetarian menu items is is uh very valid absolutely correct and he says god he wants forbid. wi-fi i think in there yeah he also suggests he also suggests Wi-Fi because our people are used to having wireless with their coffee. And again, correct. 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 I can't believe they haven't had Wi-Fi this whole time. Why was anyone there? It wasn't the tart. For the conversation. <laughs> For la- laughs, laughs, loves vagina terms. Oh, yeah. That's important. You're going to get a lot of that. I'm starting to feel as though I'm never, as though my power is actually. Well, the sun is setting now. Day. And so it's just like slowly setting as we're mm-hmm. recording this. And it, yeah. we will, by the time we're done with this episode, it will just be very dark in here. Do you have yeah. any candles that we should light? I have tons of candles. Okay. Yeah, I am a candle person. Me too. Yeah, because I'm obsessed with smell. Me too. Oh, and so, then there's a, a fun bit about Kit's hot flashes. Right. She keeps changing the thermostat to make it colder, and mm-hmm. Billy and everyone there is freezing. Freezing. Uh, so yeah, Billy's giving some input. Kit is like, meh. Okay, so then we cut to Shenny's, where Shane and Carmen are pulling up. The sun is hazy in their window it's beautiful and who's there it's a truck there a truck who who's, could it be who could it be who might who might be in the little truck and <laughs> oh my gosh it's jenny jenny's back jenny's back and and shane's like you fucking lunatic and they're so excited to see each other and they hug and then their puppy sitting where did this puppy come from the puppy's just Good walking question. around outside but they just pulled up Shouldn't like do the they have, have been friends inside? i don't understand what's happening you also a puppy that young yeah needs like near constant supervision mm-hmm. so i don't know what also, anyway yeah the puppy's so cute though yeah this is the puppy's so cute and it's and all lesbians in la have dogs so it's really unrealistic that this is our first puppy yeah 
Um, I don't know if you've seen the real L word, which was a real version of the L word where oh. everything was 100 percent real, and there mm-hmm. were dogs everywhere. There were more dogs than people on that show. Yeah, and that's there were reaction accurate. shots of the dogs during there the were. fights. It was yeah, great. that's how interesting the fights were. I really enjoyed those shots of the. Dogs. And then there's someone else there. It's not just Jenny. It's also someone else. They're like, "Who's that?" And 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 Carmen's like, "Is that Jenny's girlfriend? Is that Jenny's girlfriend?" And then they meet, um. Max, but they meet um, him as Moira, yes. of course. And Jenny says she's allergic to dogs. Yes. And then Max is like, well, actually. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> says that like people are allergic to saliva and not hair. And everyone's like, okay. Okay, new person. Yeah. It's super awkward. Um, oh, also, did you notice that Shane's wearing a shirt that had a picture of Shane on it? I cannot believe I didn't catch that. It was now the I'm screen printed. It was the screen printed Shane shirt. Oh my god! I love. I, I hope that Shane didn't have to pay for that. I hope yeah, that, I'm sure they I were like, "Hey, we've already made you like, hey man, you should gig in this." And then maybe Carmen could gig in it. Yeah, and like support Shane from behind the the ones mm-hmm. and twos. Yeah. Then Max says the one of the most iconic lines in the history of the show. Mm-hmm. You ladies relax and let us butches unload the truck. Yeah. And then Carmen. Yeah. And Carmen's like, yeah, you big butch. You big to, butch. To, to Shane, who's obviously like, rah, rah, rah. but it's also, I mean, first of all, it made me think of you. Thank you. It should have. <laughs> it should absolutely have made everyone think of me. A masculine presenting person who does not identify as butch. And does not want to unload the truck, probably. Probably not. Although when I was working out more, yeah. I was often offering to carry mm-hmm. things because I wanted everyone to know that I had been working out. That's true. But generally my arms are basically t-rex arms they are useless and but for display I would say that only you don't associate like your your concept of your own gender is not tied to um a interest in manual labor that exceeds that of a more feminine presenting person that is correct <laughs> thank you mm-hmm. thank you reese yeah i feel it, very seen and i think but it's also i mean this is this comes up this is a really interesting episode honestly yes. like there's a lot that comes up this episode that's about class and yes. and location and like stuff that we've only seen this group from their own eyes. Yep. We have not seen like the fact that they are all, you know, relatively well off, although that is a little confusing, but we'll get to that. But like they all at least are comfortable around Mm -hmm. like upper middle class society. They all live in LA. They're like somewhat glamorous. They're thin. They're mostly femme. Like they're just from a completely different world than Max is. And it's also interesting because I feel like Butch butch femme stuff is like huge now like we're all into it again but yes. at this time it was it was, it was not. not yeah i remember like sitting with my girlfriend who like didn't identify as butch but was like mask and i was remembered like i was like why do people because she was older than me i was like why do people say the word butch like why do people need that word she was like trying so hard to explain to me and i was being such a like idiot little baby lesbian you know <laughs> i was like i just don't understand why people need labels like that and she's like well it really means a lot to a lot of people you yeah. know and I'm glad that there's like a discourse around that now mm-hmm. that was absolutely absent at this time. It was very mm-hmm. just like, these are stupid labels. We don't like them. They're outdated, whatever. And like people were just kind of pushing them away. Yeah. And so this like Max's use of that word was like just like another thing that was like, whoa, very like there's a new person here and mm-hmm. they don't fit in. Yeah. And it's super interesting. And this episode gets really into all of that. It's also sad, though, because you can because obviously Max like wants to find a point of connection yeah. to Shane and like has no idea that like that's not going to be the point right. of connection. And so I felt like sad for him, you know? Yeah. Also, he is wearing still wearing the sleeveless plaid shirt and yeah. I'm still into it. Um, so then we go to the planet where the Manny is singing the Manny song. Love that song. 
Kit meets him. Kit meets him. And she's like, why do you have that baby? <laughs> yeah. Which is hilarious. It's and like, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the Manny. And mm-hmm. she's like, great. I'm going to call you Mangus, which mm-hmm. is hilarious as well. Yeah. Uh, then we go to Helena's film studio. Shaolin. Shaolin film studio that Helena, again, has purchased. Yes. That is the level of money we are at here. She mm-hmm. has purchased an entire studio. And a golf cart. I think the golf cart came for free when mm, you bought came the studio. With it, yeah. Not like at camp when we have to pay extra for the golf no, cart. No, I think the golf carts were just there. And then she, when you buy it, you just mm. get it. So she's driving Tina around on a golf cart. Mm-hmm. Um, we pass a group of nuns, we which do. I thought was a lovely callback. It and um, we uh, we see why Tina was all dressed up, all fancy professional lady. Mm-hmm. It's because she's got a meeting with Helena. With Helena. And then we go back to the planet. And now Bet is there as well. Yes. And uh, Kit likes Angus's skinny booty. So we'll just leave that where it is. Um, and then so Bet has just been to the Bodhi Tree, which is like a metaphysical bookstore. And Is it an actual bookstore? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was just saying a metaphysical <laughs> bookstore sounds like a place that oh. doesn't. <laughs> it sounds like you can't walk into. There's no mm-hmm. door or walls. It would just yeah. be like kind of like a an idea of a bookstore. And this is bad joke. This is authentic because that bookstore is right next to the Earth Cafe, which is what the planet is like based on. Brilliant. Right? Ah, love it. Okay, so this is where I will have to acknowledge that we learned (laughs) via a very strongly worded email uh, that Mark Epstein is a real person. Bet has a Mark Epstein book that she just got along with a bunch of other books Mm -hmm. from the store. Drew and I did not know that Mark Epstein is a real person because this show has a habit of having men be the spiritual and like life coach and like therapy yes. figures. See also Toe and uh, Dan Foxworthy mm-hmm. and uh, probably people I'm forgetting. Yeah. So we thought he wasn't a real person and we said uh, mean things about him because we were like, why did they make a cis white guy this character? And now we know it's because he's an actual cis white guy and I'm sure that his books are great. His last name is Epstein, so he's probably Jewish, and so are we. So we could like have Hanukkah together or Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. Maybe Purim. Maybe Purim. Yeah, I would dress as. Uh, I would dress King, as Mark Epstein. King, King. <laughs> I would. What was his name? That Haman or whatever. Anyway, listen. The point is, uh, Bet has purchased going to pieces without falling apart. Which then Kid is like, "What? You're falling apart?" I feel like I have conversations like this every day. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Bet says. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God, I love her. Bet says that we live in the most repressive political mm. climate of the last 50 years. Uh-huh. And oh, Again, it's like, Bet, just, just wait, girl. wait. Oh, God, it's going to get so mm-hmm. And she's I like, mean, it's going to be brilliant for yeah. a hot minute. Mm-hmm. I bet Bet was very excited about Barack Obama. Yeah. As we all were. Yeah, I bet she was. But I could see her being very excited. Yeah. Um, And his love of the arts. Although I mean, oh Obama was already elected by the last season, but I guess they'd already filmed it by then. That's true. And it, by this season, he it was still bush yeah she's like tina is so forget about money that i'm considering taking that city bank job which just makes me want to kill myself <laughs> and uh <laughs> and mangus is like great. is like don't pick a job that doesn't make your heart sing and it's like okay um that's okay unemployed previously yeah. <laughs> passionately unemployed nanny yeah like that's not very realistic for yeah, most people but not. also again she has a lot of art she, that she can sell she could be selling this art so that's that Angus leaves and Kit is a bit smitten. She sure with is. With Mangus. Then we go back to Shaolin. We are on a soundstage. Yes. And Tina's like, they used to mostly make like B horror films or yeah. something. Yeah. 
And then she says that they should be getting stories from the publishing arm of Shaolin. Which like fucking duh. Which represents like, I, I swear to God, like this is one of the, another like just a crazy who yeah. they say represents. Here we go. Joan Didion. Joyce, Joyce Carol Oates. And Nabokov, <laughs> who is dead. So you're telling me, <laughs> let me just get this straight. There is a film studio that was making B movies, mm-hmm. clearly not the most lucrative mm-hmm. thing, but they actually had a publishing arm, which then had the rights to these incredible works by these incredible like, authors and didn't do anything about it. If you're pub- if that was, if those were the only three authors they represented, they would, they would still have. Yeah. Like these are Joyce wow. Carlotes. First of all, is one of the most prolific authors in she the has history of literature. She million books approximately. Yeah. Including Foxfire, which was made into one good film and one uh, bad film. Yeah. Um, Joan Didion. I mean, every, I love Joan Fucking Didion. Fucking Joan Didion. Nabokov. You know, why, they should be making Lolita again. Sure. They're rebooting everything else. Yeah. Or Pale Fire. You know, that Something. would be a funny movie. So then Tina offers up this like most obvious, but I guess not obvious to any of the previous employees of Shaolin, which is that they could be mining all of these mm-hmm. pieces of IP to make uh, films out of, which fucking of course they should be yeah also side note joan didion is a screenwriter yeah like this feels like missed opportunity (laughs) as a phrase doesn't even cover it yeah like i think like gross negligence on the part of the previous execs i don't know yeah i think that sometimes this show could have tried a little harder to like make it realistic like because obviously these three authors are not represented by the same publisher and that publisher is not shaolin like they were just like here's some names also shaolin is not a public like it's it's a yeah okay But, but yeah. So anyway, they Whatever. they should have like I think they should have tried a little harder instead of just being like three authors we've heard of. You know? Like you know we have the rights to like Albert Einstein's theory <laughs> of relativity. Yeah, and like, we should try to like sell that to a science class. And you know the art of war. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like we have the rights to the Bible. Like yeah. has anyone done anything with that? Like we should <laughs> we should do like the that whole like the Moses with the Red Sea. That's like cinematic. That would know? be like cool. Yeah. Like have you guys thought about getting those rights? You know. And then and then Helen is so like, Helena's wow, like, you're such a fucking genius. It's like. Oh, okay, sure. But Work she offers Tina a job. I'm, I'm guessing as her development executive. I don't know what that means, but, but I sure. agree with you. She's the person responsible for bringing in new material mm. and getting it ready to actually make. Wow, I, I'm so excited for this for Tina. I mean, it would be great. Yeah. Sounds and she's like clearly it. highly skilled at it mm. based on this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to I can't wait to see what they do with Lolita. Um, <laughs> uh, which is Foxfire uh, Three coming soon yeah. from Shaolin Studios. They, they should do Foxfire again. I would love if they did you guys, that. If you guys haven't me, seen Foxfire, first if, of all, don't see Lolita. It's fucked up. But, please let me direct a reboot of Foxfire. But please actually. do go see Foxfire. Only the original. Don't see the remake. So then we go back to uh, Shenny's. Yes, Shane flops down on the couch. She is so exhausted. Her she tiny little arms bag. had to carry one bag and mm. she couldn't handle it. No. I feel you, Shane. I <laughs> used to be, I'm still very bad at lifting things. Oh, wait. Carmen refers to the tool shed as my studio. Oh, is that where she does her So gigs? I guess Carmen moved in. Yeah, which is funny considering how, that she's about to be upset about, um, about Max, Max moving, moving in. in. Like, okay. But Carmen's like, what? Our bedroom? Like, why is she saying our bedroom or whatever? And then, like, Max comes over and brings this, like, like a cow balls, he says they are. Like a jar of balls. I thought it was like a candy that was called cow balls. Yeah, I don't really. I don't honestly. Don't tell me what it is. Don't write in about it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And I don't care. I don't want to know about Mark Epstein. Don't email us about the cow balls. (laughs) Don't. I don't want to talk about the cow balls. Great author. This is just more of like the culture shock 
and the Mm -hmm. very, very obvious glaring differences between Max and where he comes from and all of our L.A. buddies here. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's just more of that. And there's a mention of a dinner. Right. That we it's going to it's going to come up a few times. We're all going to be on board by the time we get to the dinner. We are all going to be aware that there is a dinner happening. There is a dinner happening. This there evening. is a dinner that was scheduled. A dinner, yeah. And it is the dinner. The that dinner we will be happening see. later yes. in this program. The show is really good at letting us know everyone's schedule. Yeah, they That's are. That's one thing they're really good at on the show. They shows. are. <laughs> Um, then we go to a scene that I imagine you hated as much as I did. (gasps) (laughs) So back to, uh, the chart. The chart, Piazeki, Alice Piazeki, KCRW Piazeki. Alice's connectivity this week is not about Dana. Mm -mm. It's about meds. How do you end a vicious cycle? Then she dumps like a box of everlasting gobstoppers onto her desk. (laughs) Some cow balls are probably in there, if we're being honest. Just a lot of children's aspirin. So she says, what do you do when you get into medicating your medication? And I'm like, I don't know, fire your psychiatrist? I, was, I, wrote, I just wrote down, Alice needs to get a new doctor immediately. Yeah. The only drug I could identify from its label was that she had bupropen, which is Wellbutrin. Yeah, and there was... Which honestly, I think would be a very good choice for her since yeah. I am a, I'm, I'm a psychiatrist also. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad. I just got my degree. Right now, we have a special guest interview <laughs> yeah, with an actual psychiatrist, mm-hmm. Reese Bernard. Hi, guys. Um, I didn't go to med school, no. but I have seen a lot of psychiatrists. Oh, my God. And you've, yeah. you're very familiar and with so meds. So it's my so. personal opinion that I think that like Wellbutrin is probably a good choice for Alice. You know um, what's so cool is that I'm also a psychiatrist. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't tell you this, that we had oh, okay. this other thing in common, yeah. but um, I think Prozac would also be great for Alice. Oh, yeah. I am currently on it and have been for eight years and I love it. Oh, that's great to hear. I love it so much. I love just like not So these are just feeling, two professional opinions. I just like love being a functional person, oh which God, I, I was yeah. like very not prior right. to that. I, th- I think, yeah, that sounds great. So what you're saying, like if yes. I could just, if I, I just want to be sure I'm hearing you. Absolutely. I just want to hold space for Sum that. Sum it up. Um, you're saying that like you've taken psychiatric medications. Yes. And you found them helpful. I did. I have, mm. I mean, but it was, I it take was them a, as well. I take psychiatric medications It was a well. journey, you know, it's like you yeah. have to find the right. Yeah. pill and you have to find the right dosage and mm-hmm. it takes a really long time and a lot of trial and error and it's a shitty process mm-hmm. and can have a lot of side effects and a lot it of can, shitty things yeah. happen but it's a very slow and long and drawn out process it, sure it doesn't all happen all at once which no. is sort of what is happening on the show yeah like ask someone who's also i am not a malbutrin now but i've been on it three times in the past mm-hmm. it takes a while to kick in it sure does it takes at least a month, a month to get on a drug and see what it's doing to you and then right. another month to get off of it and then start a new one. So yes. um, I think that perhaps Alice's doctor is not a real doctor. Correct. So first, um, she goes on an antidepressant that makes her so intense that she like pokes Dana's tires. Again, this does not make sense at all. No. Then. No, no. She was going to poke her tires whether she was on meds or not. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's just blaming. She's just like, yeah, that's that explains my erratic behavior. No. 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 She, no. <laughs> and then. She asks for something strong that will make her happy and is prescribed lithium. No psychiatrist would ever prescribe lithium to someone who is, a, who, from my basic vague knowledge of what Alice is going through, is experiencing depression. Right. Lithium is, I mean, again, we're not psychiatrists and we shouldn't be saying any of this, but no, in, and all of this is actually probably very bad, but, yeah, but it, 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 it's often used to like bring like people down for manic episodes, like yeah. get something. It's definitely not a booster. It's not. And it's not something that people prescribe like willy nilly. No. 
Lithium is a very serious yeah. drug. Um, uh, but for Alice, apparently lithium had her hallucinating that she was having, having uh, dinner with Dana's with cutout. With Dana's cardboard cutout. Okay. Okay. Um, then she says her medication gave her ADD. Medication can't give you no. ADD. No, that's not a... It can make you make it hard for you to pay attention. It can make you scattered. It can and, give you the symptoms of it, but it can't like give you... Kind of like if you're on some kind of more of an mm-hmm. upper type of thing, you could find yourself a little more manic, which yeah. could make you feel a little like you had ADD, mm-hmm. yeah, ADHD. But, uh, and again, we're not doctors. Just want to rem- remind everyone that this we don't just, really know what we're talking we about. We don't really know what we're talking about. But, but again, we've been to a I lot of psychiatrists. I do think that we know more of what we're talking about. All of about my friends are crazy. Than the people that wrote this episode. Yes, that's true. You and know I'm what? I'm very sorry to say Actually, that. that's fair. We're allowed to say what we want to say because they said what they wanted to say and they and were wrong. And it was wrong. very incorrect. And if we get emails about it, it's fine. We'll we'll address them. But I do think that we know at least as much and definitely more than the people who wrote this episode who then say that then they put Alice on a new SSRI. Also, bupropen is not lithium, an SSRI. Lithium is not an SSRI. No, neither is lithium. And uh, then, which she's like, and under, which I found under rare cases may cause suicide. That's also literally every SSRI has that as All a of them possible have a, side effect. Because they have to put those side effects on there. Right. I do. I did love the toilet shot. Or was that a yeah. trash can shot? It was a toilet shot toilet where shot she was flushing was... something down, flushing the pills down the toilet because yeah. she found out that a side effect was a ra- in rare cases it causes suicide, which again is a side effect of most of psychiatric most drugs. psychiatric drugs, yes. But like, Again, rare cases. Incredibly rare. And then she is crying and masturbating. Which it feels like the most realistic mm-hmm. part of a breakup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she's like, oh, I finally got my sex drive back. So I was cr- again, bupropen is one of the few antidepressants that doesn't impact your sex drive. But <clears throat> oh, boy. I'm probably not even pronouncing it right. Because, you know, you just say, well, butrin. Yeah. Uh, so that happened and we hated it. Yeah. Then we cut to Dana. Mm-hmm. She's seeing a doctor. She finally found a female doctor. It's <laughs> Bet and Tina's doctor. <laughs> yeah. The one doctor. Yeah. That's nice. That's good for her. She's getting a lot of great referrals from Bet and Tina's network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Of great. interconnectivity. Yeah. She could sponsor Alice's radio show. Yeah. Speaking of sponsors. Today's episode of To Ellen Back is supported by MCD, the publisher of High School, the new iconic memoir by the iconic musicians Tegan and Sarah. A revelatory and unique coming-of-age story of Sarah and Tegan Quinn, identical twins from Calgary, who grew up at the height of grunge and rave culture in the 90s, well before they became the celebrated musicians and the global queer icons we know today. Written in alternating chapters from both Tegan and Sarah's point of view, they dive into unsparing accounts of the drugs, alcohol, love, music, and friendship they explored in their formative years. They grapple with their identity and sexuality, often alone while facing academic meltdown, their parents' divorce, and the looming pressure of what might come after high school. Katie Lang calls it the kind of empathetic education our society is starved for. Tegan and Sarah have long been a linchpin of lesbian culture, even appearing in season three of The L Word, which featured their music twice. That's actually when I heard them for the first time, but I didn't become a Tegan and Sarah super fan until a very good friend gifted me all of their music. And that very good friend, that was me. It sure was. And only a few months later, we were in the VIP section at a Tegan and Sarah concert at Webster Hall when Reese got so excited when they played Living Room that she almost killed me. I sure did. Luckily, she narrowly missed smashing me into a glass table I was standing next to when she tackled me. And thus, we're both here today to implore you to do what we know you love to do. Read compelling lesbian stories and support independent queer media. All the Tegan and Sarah concert banter you know and love, but in a book you can have and hold. So run, don't walk, and go get Tegan and Sarah's high school. Everywhere books are sold. Go now, go. Seriously, go. Go. But keep listening to this on your, like, driver walk. Yeah. Then, right, so she feels a lump and wants to do a mammogram. Yeah, but the doctor seems super unconcerned in this 
in this conversation. Then we go to KCRW. Um, and we see Ruth, Alice's producer. Yeah. Who is super mad at her. Super mad. So Alice's producer, Ruth, is pissed because she's mentioned Dana 27 times in this show. And Alice points out that it's actually down from the previous show, which was 43 times. So she's getting better, which is funny. So she would like Alice to turn in a script. Yeah. Which is also like, why has it taken them months to ask her for scripts? I mean, doesn't that, that feels... What they're now, the kind of rocket they're running over there. Now, truth be told, we don't turn in scripts to anyone for our episodes. We don't. That's true. We just we do just it right off the cuff. We just make this shit up as we go But that's because we're our own bosses. Exactly. We're business women and we, we are. are spe- we don't need... Small business owners? We're small business owners and the small business we own is this dark, is dark the, room. This cave that used to be your apartment. Oh my God. I can't believe I like have to... I wow okay yeah um so then we go to Dana getting a mammogram I recently had a mammogram oh yeah and this was super accurate it is really it looked bad uncomfortable and awkward um it's basically you you like basically hug a gigantic machine so that your arm is like around it and then they it smushes your boob between two like plastic plates slide things um I hate this yeah but yeah generally um I'm still technically too young to have normally been getting a mammogram, but I have a history of breast cancer in my family oh. and I am uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, getting top surgery very Woo! soon. Woo, whoop. So uh, my doctors wanted to just rule out anything because yeah. obviously my chance of getting it will decrease dramatically right. once the surgery has happened. But if there was something there, they would want to be able to test it and study it. Yeah. Um, and if they just remove all the tissue, they would not have an opportunity to do that. That makes sense. Yeah, just a little very deeply, deeply, deeply personal information about <laughs> me. Thank you. Thanks, Carly. Thank you so much. Anyway, the scene felt very realistic. But the next you, when you had scene your mammogram, not. did was there like was uh, I making awkward jokes like Dana was? Sure was. <laughs> was there a nurse there who was listening to um, an ex of yours on a radio show and being like, ha ha ha, this is so funny? No, the next scene is incredibly not accurate. When I left from getting my mammogram, they said I would have the results in seven to ten days. Oh yeah, that that I was like, wow, this hospital is like running on. I mean, it it takes longer than that for them to like check your pee to see if you're pregnant. Like I get like blood test results from my doctors usually yeah. within a few hours or within twenty four hours, but. The mammogram I had to, they said seven to 10 days. It ended up being maybe more like three or four business days, but yeah. it was still several days. Yeah, this scene is ridiculous. KCRW is playing loudly in the, in uh, the hospital, which like is also like very sparsely attended. Anyway, it was stupid. But the, but the woman is like, oh my God, I love this show. It's so funny. Like Alice's girlfriend, ex-girlfriend Dana must be like a total nitwit. And I'm and like, then they're like, Dana Fairbanks, we have your results. Please come into this room. Yeah. And then she's like, awkward. Whoa. So Dana meets with her doctor again and she says that there is a suspicious mass in her breast. Um, Dana is very understandably freaked out. Um, the doctor again is like really like it's it's going to be fine. Like most likely this is nothing, but we are going to biopsy it. Um, Dana continues to make awkward uh, jokes, which is also uh, that that felt real to me. She doesn't, she doesn't know what to do with this information <laughs> a lot. All right, Tina gets home. We're back at the Tina's. Uh, Beth is reading a Mark Epstein book, which she's hiding in an issue of Art News. Um, <laughs> she says that uh, it's a Buddhist philosopher, and she's like, and there's really there's parts of this book that I like really made me think of you, and also parts of this book that like made me think of me. And then she reads those passages to Tina. Tina is bored. Is so bored. 
and is not interested in Bet's passages that reminded her of Tina. No. Or passages that reminded Bet of Bet. No. She doesn't um, want to hear about any passages. She wants to talk about... Like real things like money. Yes. Like and jobs. That Helena offered her a job. And Bet is uncomfortable with that. And Tina's like, well, somebody in this family has to make a living. And then they get in a fight about who needs to be making a living mm-hmm. and how Bet used to make a living. And yeah. oof, oof, oof. I will say Bet's point that she made a living for 15 years for them is actually very fair. It is to an extent. Like I feel, well, I feel like it's like all of a sudden for Tina to be like so mad at Bet for not having the job when Bet single-handedly supported both of them before Absol- that is absolutely it's not really correct. fair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Because um, sometimes you like switch off who yeah. is in better position to like be the main breadwinner. Yeah. You know? that's, and that's what lesbianism is. Exactly. Which is fun. Yeah. You know, it's not <laughs> like you have some like patriarchal, patriarchal like societal mm-hmm. gender roles you need to be worried about. Yeah. Um, but Bet is a little hung up on that. And she's also a little hung up on the Helena is your ex part of it. Right. Which which is a bold thing to say for someone who cheated. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway. This uh, whole scene is, feels very real. Um, yeah. They're having such a hard time connecting. They're like in two very different places. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it it was like hard to watch. It was like so it felt very real. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. And it's a really and I think it's a real and complicated conflict. You know, yeah. I don't think either of them are like 100% right or 100% wrong. Yeah. Um, but like they're so they can't connect and they can't mm-hmm. communicate right now. So there's no way for them to actually talk about it. Right. In a way that and feels Tina's real. actively attempting to cut off connection whenever it's possible. Like I think yes. Tina's like very aggressively like this. I'm proving I want to prove to myself for some reason that this isn't working. I don't entirely understand what happened between season two and three with Tina and Beth. Oh, she started thinking about scratchy faces. But like. And then her nipples were leaking. But like they didn't they didn't plant any seeds for that in season two. Season two was mm-hmm. all about them getting mm-hmm. through it and getting back together. And by the end of it, it seemed like Tina was so like deeply in love with Bet, Like they were so connected. Mm-hmm. And so what happened between two and three? She missed a scratchy face. And that's all it was? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, sure. Yeah. Scratchy face and, uh, and baby. You think that would bring them closer. Yeah, but I guess it's also a huge stress. Yeah. You know, like a newborn baby is a lot to take yeah. care of and they're not sleeping and yeah. stuff. But they they have Angus now and yeah. they, I don't know, it's uh, it just feels like there's a little bit of storytelling that was maybe missed missed between mm-hmm. the end of two and the beginning of three. Yeah. Um, certainly relationships ebb and flow. And obviously these two have a lot of history that they still need to kind of work through Mm -hmm. but it felt like they were kind of like starting anew Mm -hmm. when they got back together and then it feels like they're right back Mm -hmm. where they were which also does feel kind of realistic for couples to get back together that that does happen but it's because they're not dealing with anything yeah it does seem like they should still be in the honeymoon period of getting back together it does it doesn't feel like enough time baby to bond over i feel like it's like whatever tina's dealing with i guess they've decided that tina's like interested in men possibly again yeah like and that's I guess we'll see what happens there. Let's see. Then we go to um, Alice's where yes. like Shane and Carmen have come to get her for, what are they doing again? Do you think? Today? Oh, I think there's some sort of evening fashion meal. Week? Is it? Oh, is it fashion week? Is it, I, I think thought it was an evening meal. LA. There's like a fashion week in LA. Oh my God. I love LA fashion <laughs> week. But maybe it's dinner. But who's the dinner for? Um, I think the dinner's for um, Max. Max. No, I think it's for uh, Jenny. 
Oh. Yeah, it's a dinner. It's a dinner tonight. I feel like they might have said something about this and I kind of glossed over it. I think it. they did too. I think they did too. They but I'm not, I'm not positive, you know? Um, Alice is like, I don't get why I'm the one who has to behave at dinner. Like, she wants them to not invite Laura and Dana. Right. She's like, you ha- y'all have to choose. If there's a group hang, it's either me or them. And like, fine. But also, because like, because... Jenny's been group- gone for six months also. Jenny's been gone for six months, first of all. So she doesn't truly understand any of the group dynamics and mm-hmm. how they have changed. Second thing, it's all about Jenny tonight. So yeah. just like, le- like you yeah. be cool. Yeah. You be cool, Alice. It's not all mm-hmm. about you. Third thing is this is like complicated group dynamics when mm-hmm. someone in the group breaks up with someone else in the group. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just, everyone needs to be adults. Yeah. That's I feel all. like if the ex person, like if, if Alice was an ex who did not, was not part of the group to begin with or whatever, that it would be kind of shitty for them to like bring her to the dinner. Yes. But she was, that's her friend group. It's the yeah. same friend group. So they gotta, they gotta deal with it. And that's kind of, that's what you sign up for when you, when you date someone in your friend group that yep. the you possibility go into that is knowing you're going to break up in the future and, and still be suck. around each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. That is so real. you better make sure you like each other like me and Alex. It's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But Alice is like, I don't know why I have to behave and they don't. And it's like, Alice, you're the only one acting insane. Ridiculous yeah. about this. Like your inability to keep to like say things that are vaguely appropriate ever. Yeah. Is you literally shocking. were like, I used to touch your peeper, my peeper. Like you can't bring just, peeper, can't, peeper conversation to this like, hot new restaurant that, that yeah. does great things with seafood. Oh, just great things with seafood. This is where I want to be in five years. Yeah, this is where I want to be. Gigging with seafood. That's what I, every time I go to Red Lobster, I'm like, this is where I want to be in five years. I want to be like having endless, like an endless, endless. shrimp, endless shrimp festa, fiesta or whatever. That's what I want. Um, so um, uh, Carmen finds the Dana, Dana cutout and Shane's like, oh, you should have seen it before. Which is funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. Then we cut to the restaurant. So everyone's gotten to the restaurant and like having drinks and Mm -hmm. Jenny's not there yet. Max Mm -hmm. is not there yet, but they're all kind of like chatting, chatting, blah, blah, blah. Um, They all start talking about um, Jenny's mental health. I hate this. Which I did not like at all. No. I thought that was wildly. She's okay. She's healthy. Is she not like anymore? Yeah. What the fuck, you guys? Yeah. Like also the worst friends. Yeah. Jenny, you have the worst friends. And also they're all talking about her cutting as though it like is a threat to them in some way. They're like, she's yeah. not like cutting anymore. It's like, that's her own that's personal her own thing. shit that she is dealing with. And she went to, you know, th- that is not like, like talking about it behind you. her back. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's not going to like, she's not an assassin. <laughs> right. It was, I thought it was so tacky. And also, I don't know. I mean, again, like, I don't think there's any way for us to talk about cutting that won't be like triggering or sure. problematic. So we don't really, we're not really getting into it, but I, no. I think the way they talk about it is also, it's a good example of why, uh, why we're not gonna. Yeah. They're not they're <laughs> It's very weird. Cause that, and then Laura, Laura was so weird through this whole scene. I know through the whole restaurant thing. Like I, which either one who was like, I had a cousin who was a cutter, and the urge is just the so powerful, so powerful. And then I'm and like, then we Alice all rolls her eyes also so the, over the top. Yeah, Laura and Carmen both have some very interesting choices in this upcoming dinner. Yeah, that uh, bummed me out, but we will right. get to that. Yeah. So um, then Jenny shows up and does an absolutely terrible job of introducing Max and making him feel welcome. Correct. So that is the first problem. She also did a really terrible job of making sure he was dressed appropriately for the venue. The venue is clearly a very like five, some like four or five star fancy ass expensive restaurant. Mm-hmm. And they were all talking about how excited they were to go to this restaurant that was written up in mm-hmm. LA, what, magazine. LA magazine. And so for Jenny to... And Jenny's dressed up. Jenny's dressed up. Jenny's 
done all up. Her hair looks really cute. And she did not set Max up for success or to make him feel welcome or to make him feel, frankly, human. Like, I think... Because he's wearing like a t-shirt with like the plaid like shirt that has the sleeves cut yeah. off, which is kind of like not, I mean, it's fine, but it's also like she's, it's not about like, it's not like a, you need to change who you are to, yeah. for them to like you. It's just like, it's, it's a, th- anytime I go anywhere, I'm like, where am I going? Yeah. Like, is this a place where I can wear jeans and a t-shirt Yeah. or like a hoodie or is this yeah. a place where I need to wear like a jacket or something? Like that's just, yeah. that's just. I mean, this is just gets into the L.A. of it all, which yeah. is where this is all headed, which is like people in L.A. are terrible. Yeah. Which is a common misconception about us, but whatever. But um, every time I go anywhere, terrible. I'm like, so what are you guys wearing? Are you wearing long pants or shorts? What do you feel? The I ask everyone is? what they're wearing before I go yeah. anywhere with people. Mm-hmm. As a neurotic person, these obviously Max is far <laughs> yes. less neurotic than either. Yeah, of us. I'm so neurotic. Like I can't. I'm barely functioning. Yeah. But <laughs> again, shout out Prozac believe- really helps. Um, I just but- shout out to Southern California Edison, who's refusal to grant me power. Are, it's really just we're podcasting by candlelight right yeah. now. I just guys, want everyone is, to know that. Ooh, I should take deep. a picture of this. Yeah, this is like episode five oh nine or five. Is the elevator the power outage? Yeah. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Power's it's gonna great. go out in season five for one episode, and it's just like what we're dealing oh, with. Right. So, okay. So everything gets off on the worst possible foot. Yeah. Jenny walks in and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. After saying hi to everyone, as if she doesn't know if Max has met everyone yet, mm-hmm. which she, she is the only one that has this information mm-hmm. and is the only one that can welcome him to the group. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating how like oblivious she's acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you also, you and Drew touched on this in 302 mm-hmm. is like these moments where like Jenny has the opportunity to like be there for Max and yeah. make him feel safe and welcome and like mm-hmm. a person and prioritized in some way and she seems to like kind of drop the ball every single time it comes yeah. up and like he has a lot like he's gender non-conforming he comes from a different class background it doesn't seem like he spent a lot of time in like big cities like LA yeah. like there's all kinds of acclamation to this that I'm just like very surprised that Jenny's not curious about at least yeah even even in a selfish way just curious about this person who comes from a very but also yeah. you know who comes from a different community as her and stuff like that it's like why don't you know anything about him because anytime you introduce someone to a new to your friends you, you give you, them two facts about them you just like you don't fuck up like this so right. even if you take all of those like extenuating circumstances that are making everything mm-hmm. more extreme out of it she's still fucked up mm-hmm. so jenny what the fuck girl yep and then they sit down and Max uh, looks at the menu. And uh, I'd like to say that the first item on the menu. Oh, I did not transcribe the menu. Please tell us. It's called palate cleanser. Mm. This is how it is described. Tell us. It is a parfait of green tea, lime vodka, poached in liquid nitrogen cleanser to clean the palate as you brush your teeth. Toothpaste leaves fats on your tongue. This sensational twist to a cleanser, revitalizes your taste buds to prepare you for your dining experience. I hate restaurants like this. I have a few questions about this item, which first of all, I just want to tip of the hat to the PA that wrote this. The art department really crushed it this episode. Yeah, the art department killed it. Like, with these menus and those floating ghost chandelier candelabra things. Yes, like this is obviously sort of a parody of, I mean, it's, it's literally involves I mean, green tea, lime, vodka, and is supposed to help with toothpaste <laughs> liquid nitrogen yeah it's a palate cleanser and also a toothpaste <laughs> surprisingly only cost twelve dollars that's crazy that would cost at least forty two dollars yeah and so max is kind of like scanning the menu and everything is either like super expensive it's all like lamb or like duck and stuff like that and then like the lobster is like market price yeah so like i don't know if you've ever had this experience before but i really relate to max in the scene yeah i've totally been 
like you, you know sometimes you're like hey guys let's go get dinner and someone's mm-hmm. like i want to try this new restaurant and so you're like cool we'll go to that restaurant yeah i am a creature of habit i like to order the same thing every time i go to a place and i like to go to the same places because i like knowing what i'm gonna get and uh i grew up in new jersey the land of malls and diners so mm-hmm. my palate is trash and basically i really jewish, and jewish cooking is not known for its oh, uh adventure bland at the most bland cuisine i grew up like not understanding seasoning because yeah, I, d- I did not even understand how, salt and pepper. Yeah, no, barely. Or that people didn't cook meat all the way through for some reason. Oh my god, yeah. So like, I have totally been Max. Yeah, not to this extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've totally gone to dinner with people and then like been looking at the menu, just like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, I don't like all of this. Sounds weird, or yeah. all of it sounds really expensive, and like I don't want to do any of this. Right. And there's usually always a cheeseburger on a menu, and there that's is. always what I end up doing. Yeah. There's usually, or there's like a Caesar salad. And yes. It might involve it's some always a Caesar salad. Up weird <laughs> situation. There might be goddamn cranberries in it. Or Get them like, on the side. It might be kale Caesar salad. You, you know, it can kale be, Caesars are fine. Yeah, they're great. Um, I do love it. I've never salad. seen a kale Caesar outside of LA though. So yeah, so he's confused about the menu. Lara's like, Armin does amazing things with seafood, which is like a stupid line. So then everyone starts talking about the lobster and how exciting mm-hmm. the lobster is. And then, and then I'm like, you know what? Honestly, lobster's not that fucking great. Yeah. Have you been to Red Lobster? I mean, once or twice. Yeah, it's good. Okay, I've been to it. I promise you Max has been to Red Lobster. Red Lobster's awesome. They have those biscuits. Yeah, they have biscuits. Anyway, so Alice asks Lara and Dana about when they had Martina over for dinner. You know, Martina Navratilova, the tennis person. Mm-hmm. And also most recently, uh, actor on The Politician. Yeah. Which truly floored me. I did not know she was going to be I on screamed. the show. I, I First, I, I like stared at the TV for a second and I was like, is that? Right, same, yeah. I was like, no. Uh-huh. And then I looked up the IMDb of the show and then immediately screamed. It's just a weird, awkward thing. I forget what Alice asks them. She asks if, if she, if they, she liked the sculpture of the athletes in her house. Look, a lot of weird conversations start happening at the table. Yep. Um, and everyone's being awkward and weird. Yeah, I got really itchy during this scene. Like, yeah, I, I was like, like I kind of like started like looking at my phone and trying to find other things to do during the scene. So yeah, Max is absorbed by the menu and it's foreignness to him and the prices. And then Tina mentioned something to Jenny about, oh yeah, I have a lot of writer friends and I always read their books. Mm-hmm. And so Jenny's really thankful to Tina. So Tina's going to read Jenny's book. Right, which she's going to be sending to Jan Martin. Yeah, Jan, Jan Martin. Martin. Uh, agent, a famous editor. A famous editor who she met because Jan Martin's daughter was Jenny's roommate in the hospital. And then they start asking very intrusive questions about Jenny in the hospital. Alice asks if she was also a cutter. And Can the- you imagine someone saying that out loud over, over dinner? Uh, no. I don't no. think anyone ever has until that scene. Until this moment. And then, and then Jenny's like, oh no, she had an eating disorder. And then Tina gets upset because she doesn't want their then child. And she's like, I don't want Angelica to have an eating disorder. And you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. And then someone's This like, is the table of Carrie Bradshaw. Yes. Yeah. It's just everyone's making it all about them in a way Ooh. that is so insane. Tina's like literally upset. She's like, this Tina's is like, so we have to dark. change the subject. This and is Jenny's too dark. Like, Jenny's like, you can't control whether or not your daughter is going to have so an like, eating disorder. All Tina, you can do is be, is listen to her because she's basically being like, all you can do is not be a shithead like my mom. Right. Jenny's saying really good Jenny's things. Jenny's being very here. diplomatic. Although she did out someone as having an eating disorder, which feels like some sort of mm-hmm. weird thing to say, but whatever. Um, yeah. But she's like, I'm so glad we're like going to talk about this. And yeah. like, it's not taboo, but like Tina everyone. Freaks out. Then Tina freaks out. Um, 
She's like, stop She's it. Like, this we just too need to dark. be more positive. It's too dark. It's, it's too, too dark. dark. And I'm like, what are you, a YouTuber? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. And then um, what else happens? In- oh, Moira or Max asks. So Max asks. Um, oh, Max is a big tennis fan. Max loves oh, yeah, Dana. Max loves That's, Dana. We he's that. a big That's tennis cute. fan. And then he asks. Um, he's like, oh, so you guys have a kid, Tibet and Tina. And he's like, yeah, like a lot of women in my dyke community and Will, Will Met are doing that too. And everyone just kind of like. Just stares at Max. Stares at Max. They're so mean. They're, They're so, so awful to him. shitty. They're like the worst like LA stereotypes in this whole episode. All of them. And I was really confused about Shane throughout all of this because yes. usually Shane, like this is maybe the only instance in this series where Shane is like, I'm like, what are you? Who wrote this for you? Like, yeah, Shane, usually Shane like tries to bridge those gaps. Also, yeah. Shane comes from like a like, yeah, you know, like Shane is very much somebody who does not come from this like a wealthy background or whatever. Yeah. It's just very weird that they just are like leaving Max out on a limb there, I guess. Yeah. It's also one of those awkward, like it's always awkward trying to have conversations when you're a large party Mm -hmm. in a restaurant and everyone's trying like at different ends of the table. So it's also like, this is just set up for a disaster. Like there's no way this could ever have ended well. Bet and Tina are in a permanent fight. Bet is, does that thing that Bet loves to do where she's like, what does the chef recommend? Yeah. And of course she's going to get the lobster market price. Yeah. And, um, and like there's tension between Alice and Lara and Dana and then Jenny's not really acclimating Max and everyone's like this is the worst dinner ever. This is the I most mean, uncomfortable a, dinner. They have a few more bad dinners like as the series continues but this one's this is a real bad there. one. Yeah. We cut real pa- real quickly back to Bettina's where Kit and Mangus have Angelica by the pool. Uh, he tells her to put out a record. She says she doesn't know about this internet thing. And he's like I'll help you. Yeah, and I'm like, like, I do have about 10 songs I would like to record. Anyway, good for her. I'm excited for Kit to do something. Transformation. (laughs) You know, Uh, go to the restaurant. Back to the terrible restaurant. Max goes to the bathroom. Some shitty girls in the bathroom laugh at Max. Yeah, which I don't. Why would. Okay. So then Max goes back to the table and I hate this restaurant. (laughs) I wrote down. I hate this. restaurant. (laughs) Max goes back to the table and the way Max is shot in this scene is really like the way this, the scene is shot is really great. Yeah. Um, and this is where we get our episode title Yeah. because we get back into the lobster of it all. Um, so the way Max is shot in the scene is really cool. He's shot entirely for this whole scene in close-ups mm-hmm. at a low angle and he's completely isolated in the frame. Mm-hmm. There's a foreground element, something on the table, like maybe one of the candelabras or something. So you get the sense that he's completely alone mm-hmm. and not connected to anyone at the table. And then everyone else is shot in like wider, like like mediums and like two shots. So like everyone has someone in the frame with them. Mm-hmm. And so it's just the sense of like the outsider coming in and yeah. like not feeling welcome. So I just like loved the way this was shot. It really like heightened everything and then so max starts talking about this thing about these lobsters mm-hmm. and about how if you put all these male lobsters in a pot they work together to free themselves when you and like make a little ladder and they climb out mm-hmm. and if you put a bunch of female lobsters in a pot they just pull each other down so that they all die together right and um then they all just sort of stare at him <laughs> yeah they all just stare at him i hate this dinner i hate I this hate, restaurant i hate this dinner then, i hate this restaurant also before right just before that uh Laura does say that her and Dana have booked their tickets to the south of France where they're going to go on a food and wine tour. Ooh, I didn't even catch that. I was yeah. so uncomfortable with what it was happening. Right. Well, because first everyone tries to get Max to try their lobster. They're like, try it, try oh, it. Oh, right. do you not want the sauce? It was just like, ah, why are you all being overbearing oh, it Jewish just moms felt like right now? All, all overbearing Jewish moms. Yeah. yeah. And, and Max's salad comes in like three 
tiny little pieces of yeah. weird food. And every, yeah, so everyone stares at him. And I think it's like, first of all, a thing about that which is kind of interesting is it's, is, you know, that he, he seems to admire men more so than like, he's pointing out like something that men, male lobsters are better at right. than female lobsters, which I didn't catch the first time. I wondered if that was like, Oh yeah, definitely. So you know, super interesting. Yeah. Um, but I think he's probably commenting on the fact that all of them there are not helping him climb out of the pot. Yeah, right? no, they, his, his like read of this group is like that they don't care about each other mm-hmm. and that they, yeah, that they would just die in a pot. <laughs> hey guys. So I've <laughs> just got here from Wilmette and hey like, guys, I've I only known you for like a little bit of time. Like, you all are horrible. <laughs> it kind of feels like if you were all in a pot, you would just drag each other down and die. Like, it seems uh, like you're friends, but I think you would just all yeah. die. Also, I've talked to Jenny a lot and it sounds like you guys are all real shits to her, except for like, I don't know Shane, why she was so excited so... to come back and see you guys. Cause you guys are all terrible. Yeah. Um, and I think that his read is not correct. But it's not incorrect. It's also going back to his like well actually of like fun facts about yeah, animals <laughs> from earlier, which is just like, yeah, all right. like shut up, science guy. Yeah. Um, they there is this when they ask him if like earlier they ask if he read Jenny's book and he's like, well, I'm, I'm a computer technician. It's like, what? That's not an answer. Uh, <laughs> but Jenny, like Jenny just does nothing. Jenny does nothing. She says nothing. She does nothing. Mm hmm. And then he's like, I mean, this was not a great move for Max to tell the story about the lobsters. No. Um, but also it's Carmen is so like hates him so Carmen much already. And him. it's not fair. And this and is a bad look ugh, for Carmen because it. Carmen is someone I love. And so this makes me very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Like you guys, you didn't even have to deal with me being here for 302 <laughs> for the Carmen and Shane scene. Like, yeah, you're welcome. You didn't have to put up with me. I would have been insufferable. Okay. So, so Max is like, Hey, I'm leaving, get a ride home, I'm out. And so she chases after him and he's like, I just do not fit in with your shitty friends. <laughs> and while they're gone having this conversation, the whole table of them just like talk shit about both of them, yeah, but especially like, him. Basically like why they're like, oh, well, maybe he just like kept her company, you know, when we'll met. It's like and having like a special friend when you're yeah. like somewhere else. And I'm just like, fuck you guys. Right. And so this, and this is like, we're, this is what they said. So they were like, well, maybe she's Jenny's type. And then Alice is like, why? Because Carmen's such a stone butch or whatever which also stone is a means like you don't like to get fucked like right. you don't like there it's true that that like he is stone but alice doesn't know that alice doesn't know that that's like a sexual like that is not you don't get to just throw that around yeah it's it, is what we're first saying. of all not wanting to get fucked can it doesn't mean you're stone but also like that for some people, that is part of that identity or whatever, yeah. but it is not something that anyone at that table would have any idea about. Correct. And sh- But Shane is like, well, I wouldn't necessarily call Moira a stone butch. And then Carmen's like, okay, then what would you describe her as? Miss, hi, let us butches help ladies out with your luggage. And then Bet gets like, she's an anthropologist. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, she comes from a place where you have to define yourself as either or. It's just like the only language that she knows. And it's like, I guess Bet is the only one who's actually giving him like a generous read. Yeah. But it's also very condescending. Every interaction that Max has with this group has been so condescending Mm -hmm. and like othering and kind of gross. Pretty gross. And I have to give the worst take of the table, though, to Tina. Which what did she say again? She says that she's surprised that Jenny wants to role play like that. 
Oh, yeah. Fuck you, Tina. What? What the fuck? How is this role? Like, if this yeah, is what this, Tina thinks this is really dark. Is? Can we not talk about this? It's really dark. Yeah, like, like, I'm surprised that they're doing, like, baby daddy stuff. Like, I'm surprised they're doing, like, clown stuff. I'm surprised <laughs> they're doing, like, student teacher stuff. Like, th- th- what they're doing... What Jenny dating someone who is masked is not role-playing. No. God, Tina must be so God. vanilla. Tina, what? Ugh. God. <laughs> I gave you a compliment in this episode. I said you looked nice earlier. Oh, God. I oh she's I forgot that she says I didn't write this down. But I just remembered she says I'm surprised Jenny wants to role play like that after all she's been through. Like Ooh. as if now that Jenny has dated like Tim or dated guys or something or like been psychologically troubled that she would want to date somebody who appears to them at that time as a butch lesbian. Like what? Like she's like conflating butch lesbians with men like what is she I guess, doing I mean, the, here the, of course the irony is like max is a man right but they don't know that yet but right. like the it's still also, tina's fucking it's bisexual a weird thing to say. Like, yeah tina's, tina's bisexual <laughs> yeah tina's bisexual she was da- what about daddy of two daddy of two Lindsay, Lindsay. 76 <laughs> and also this is interesting because we always talk about there's no butches on the l word and it seems like the case they're trying to make in this dinner is that there's no butches in la yep and that is weird they're trying to, it's, this is like, there's, they're like opening up some very interesting dialogue, but mm-hmm. everyone on screen is kind of in the same worldview. Yeah. Uh, this is a terrible dinner. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's acting terribly and I feel bad for Max. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Bettina's where Kit says that uh, she dumped her son off with his dad so that she could pursue music. And Angus says that's okay because the call of the music art is sometimes more in like... <laughs> important than the call of motherhood i would say probably not but i mean i don't know i have no okay. no strong call to motherhood but i also don't have a very strong pull to make music right that's true so we can't really comment on this but no. it seems here's what our takeaway is they seem to they like each other they're flirting they're flirting they're flirting good for kit yeah then he is cute we go back to the restaurant Yes. Where Bet would like to cover the bill. Oh God! This First is of all, where, this makes me think Max should have just ordered the lobster. I know if he had known, he would have. Yeah, could have just ordered whatever Market he wanted. Price? Who cares? Um, so this immediately gave me a panic attack. Basically, <laughs> Bet is my dad in this scene. Bet is my daddy in this scene, and do with that what you will. Yeah, that too. Um, and just like any daddy I'd probably ever have, the credit card is declined. Yep. And Tina's embarrassed. Tina is rolling her eyes so hard as Bet is like insisting on paying for yeah, everyone. She's really upset. She's like, it would be my privilege. And meanwhile, like, yeah, it would. In the bathroom, we have a fashion emergency, and it's on Dana. <laughs> what is what? that? A, is it? Was it a? Was there a towel draped around her neck? What was? It, it looked like a little a mini prayer shawl, sort of, but it was over like a track jacket, which was maybe not, which was maybe a blouse. There's a lot of things happening. So uh, Alice confronts Dana in the bathroom. Yeah. And she's like, are you happy? And Dana's like, for the most part, I'm happy, which surprised me. I thought she'd be like, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that's a weird answer that just gives Alice room to keep going with what she's doing. So I think that was not the right answer, but whatever. She says she's mostly happy. Yeah. Um, Alice is not happy clearly, but she's trying to get over it. At least one of us is happy. Yeah. And Dana's like, I don't know what you want me to do, which true. True. What do you want? But Dana does say, I miss you to Alice, but yeah, as a friend. As a friend. And they hope that they can be friends again someday. And then Alice is like, well, come back to me. And it's like, no, Al- girl, you just like miss no. her. Like, what? Are you mm-hmm. in the same conversation? Yeah. She's like, I would never let you wear that shirt. <laughs> you know? Then they come back 
And Bet is like making excuses. She's like, oh, it's probably my credit card's decline because I like got that, put that Sally Mann print on. Or, you know, I got those Balenciaga boots um, earlier today. And I just like, Bet. 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 Stop it. So then Tina is like, fucking cut it out. Yeah. And so everyone chips in. And then we go. So then we go back to Bettina's. Tina says she's going to accept the offer from Helena. Bet takes down the deer. Takes her favorite print off the wall and packages mm-hmm. it up. Back at Dana and Lara's. Uh, Dana doesn't want Lara touching her boobs. Yeah. And Lara kind of seems like, oh, that was just the sound I made. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Shane and the puppy in her bootcut jeans go and talk to Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane apologizes for not being more welcoming to Max. And Shane is speaking as the person who was the most welcoming to Max, mm-hmm. which is not saying much because no. she still wasn't All very welcoming. All she did was not, she wasn't openly hostile to Max. Yeah. Um, and then Jenny's like, I think I fucked up. And it's like, yeah, you did. You fucking think? But Shane's like, no, you didn't. You were fine. You know, which no. is no. False. Yeah, false. All incorrect Jenny did fuck up. And she, because Max has disappeared. Max has vanished. And where is Max? Max Barnes is- and Noble. Okay. No. <laughs> the Barnes and Noble at the Grove? Uh, Barnes the Noble, the girl. The she's safe. <laughs> Max is at Red Lobster. Oh, I wish Max ended the yeah. episode. Eating I hope a cheddar Max Bay ended up at Chick Fil A, being like, "Fuck you guys." Yeah. Um. So Max and his truck are appears to be uh somewhere like kind of overlooking the city, like up in the hills, maybe mm-hmm. one of the parks or Griffith Canyon, something like that. Yeah, he's trying real hard to be an actor up there. Yeah, he's like actoring. He's actoring. He's super actoring. Yeah. This There's, is like his second part, I think, ever. I know. Yeah. It was good. It was like a solid end to the episode. Yeah. But it's also like very melodramatic. Yeah. He was just sort of like, I feel like the crying and brooding and yeah, brooding and, and like being, you know, nah, wait, near, 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 near. Uh, and there's like a, a Betty song playing. Yeah. Which but it's a Betty cover about. of a different of like a good song. Once I realized it was Betty, even though it sounded familiar, like I thought it was a cover, I didn't even bother looking it up because I yeah, I know, I knew, like care. I didn't look it up either. Yeah, I just was like, whatever. I just was like, I know this. We'll I know well this sound. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And that's the episode. That's the episode. So, um, do we like this episode? Uh, I didn't dislike this episode. I think that a lot of people did shitty things in this episode, but I don't think the episode mm-hmm. was bad. I do think that this episode did. Um, I mean, it didn't always handle these things with grace, but I think it did get into like some more complicated like mm-hmm. conversations and situations that you'll see in like groups like this. Yes. And I appreciated that. I appreciated that attempt and I appreciated like the, uh, the starting of a dialogue or the yeah. attempt of a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think those are really fascinating things and very real things to, to like, you know, somebody, especially moving to like a city like LA yeah. where everyone's kind of like in this group of friends is like, all seems to be like doing very well. Yeah. It's just like, it's a vibe. And yeah. It's also kind of funny because it's also a little bit of the like what people think about LA mm-hmm. who don't live there. Yeah. They're also, it has that feel to it, which I normally don't like. Yeah. Um, but this was done. This was very clearly done. This was like, you yeah. know, this is like Max's introduction. And so that was super interesting because his background is completely different than theirs. Yeah. And I feel like I think that this, honestly, this episode put cast that the, basically everyone met Max in a light that we had never seen them in before. Mm-hmm. And I think that changed even when I was watching it, like my perception of them and who they were. Cause the thing is like, 
when we're talking about like how much money do these people have in the bank, some of them not very much. Like we right. know that Jenny could barely pay rent. We know that Shane had to have a house with four roommates. We yeah. know that like, I don't know how Alice is surviving. But, I don't either. But anyway, like so, but that there's something like it doesn't seem like there's besides like Bet and Tina and Dana and Lara, like I don't think any of them are like super rich. No. Um, but I think that it shows sort of like the sort of culture that's around them all in LA, regardless mm-hmm. of what, what their individual incomes and situations are. Like, it's just like, that's like the life that they're all. Yeah. That's the way that they live. If it you, is the way that they live. <laughs> if you want to. I think it definitely from start to finish casts Shane in a different light too, because yeah. I think that Shane is sort of portrayed as he's, as she's like the scrappier yep. one. She's like the most mask of all of them. And she like has the most like, quote unquote troubled like background or whatever and she doesn't have parents and then you bring in someone who's completely different than yeah. this group and ha- and and like they're brand new to the group so they haven't even had a chance to like because like we didn't see all of them meeting each other we Mm-mm. don't see the first time Shane meets everybody and right. like what that is like for her because I'm sure yeah. it was weird too like I'm yeah. sure like every time you a new group of friends forms and people come together it's there's always like weirdies yeah <laughs> um but this was just like super heightened for many reasons yeah and I think it it changes how you see. It's also the first time you really see Shane like asked to identify as Butch and confused by it. Yeah. So I think it makes everyone seem a little bit different. It's, like it was or they super more similar to each other than we have seen them. Before. Yeah, it was really interesting. Like the idea of like this like kind of outsider coming in, mm-hmm. and we as an audience saw the cast saw these characters very differently than we had. Yeah. Some more than others. Like yeah, we always knew Bet was Bet. Right. Can you imagine if Helena was at that dinner? Oh, God. She would have been like, I actually own this restaurant. She would have paid for it. That's for sure. Max could have had the lobster. Plot wise, not a ton happened. It just kind of set storylines up for the next like third of the season. Thank you all so much for listening to yet another installment of our Wacky L Word Hour. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, we have a hotline. Mm hmm. It's 971-217-6130. Call us, leave a message. Maybe we'll put it in an episode of the podcast. Um, and uh, we have an Instagram and a Twitter. They're both at to Ellen back. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, you should follow those because we're going to have some announcements coming soon and yeah. you're not going to want to miss them. You're not going to want to miss them. So you need to follow our socials because later this week, I guess the week you're hearing this podcast, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some stuff to tell you, and yeah. we would love it if you got those announcements mm-hmm. when they happened. You're gonna want to not miss them. You're not gonna want to miss them because, especially if you live in Los Angeles or mm-hmm. the Los Angeles area, mm-hmm. and you don't already have plans on the evening of December fourth. <laughs> we have a big, big, big announcement, and just please follow us on social so that you actually mm-hmm. get the information when yeah. it is available. We are on maybe Twitter and Instagram. In, Pencil in December 4th. December 4th in the evening hours. In the evening hours. Just pencil it in. Something might in be the happening in the greater Los that Angeles day. area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pencil uh, it in. And again, that those announcements will be coming at you on, on Instagram and Twitter at to Ellen Beck. You do not want to miss them because access to the experience might be, might be go, might go might fast. Go, might go fast. So I would honestly suggest that you check our social medias like constantly um, and make me check auto straddle constantly. And like, just whatever you do, just refresh, refresh, refresh all week long. Just for until, until there's an announcement, continue this behavior. Yeah. And then maybe afterwards, keep doing it. That'd be fine. Tell your friends. You also can email us at to (laughs) Ellen at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Reese, what are your, what are, where can people find you on the internet? My body will be found on this couch. <laughs> I will have been dead for weeks. 
Carol will be eating my fingers and you will get an announcement about what has happened to me and where you can scatter my what ocean they're scattering my remains into at Auto Win. Auto Win on Twitter, Auto Win on Instagram, also Auto Straddle the website. You can check there too. They'll probably do a little post about it. Yeah. I usually do the death beat, but someone else will have to take this one. I could write. I know. Just kidding. I can't write out. My computer's dead. <laughs> what if you like, handwrote your death announcement? I will. Handwrote, handwrote your death announcement or your obituary now Yeah. in preparation for not having a computer and then dying in the near yeah. future. Um, our theme song was written by B. Steadwell. Our logo is designed by Kara Sykes. And all the production of this show is done by Lauren Klein, a.k.a. Karen. Karen. Thanks. Love, love you, you so much. If I don't love get to wash so my hair much. tomorrow, I'm cracking skulls. We're going to all remember you fondly. Thank you. After this purge situation. Yeah. And also, if you're somebody who right now is being mean to me, when I die, I hope you feel really bad about it. Yeah. All that's left is our L words. Okay. Okay, you ready? One, two, three. Let me Lobster. out of here. <laughs> Lobster fest. Lobster fest. Yeah, that red lobster. And there's a whole episode of Bob's Burgers about Lobster Fest. Oh, there is? Yeah. Oh, that sounds nice. Maybe one day I'll have a TV and can watch it. <laughs> well, here I am in the pioneer days. <laughs> is Carol still alive? Uh, I don't know where she is. Carol? Carol's gone. She's like, I can't live under these circumstances. I'm out of here. Carol, if it wasn't for you. This is not you. the life I was accustomed to. Thank you all for listening. That's an L word. And living and laughing and loving. And if you're a lesbian nun out there, thanks for breaking the silence. Hopefully the power will be on by the time you hear this episode, but it's always possible that it won't be. Thank you for joining us for another To Ellen Back. Thanks, guys. Bye. Laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that.